When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you know, we at this point in time, we do need all the cheering up we can get. Plus, if you can like, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break. Also as well, if you can go ahead and support the great crew who really need cheering and support right now at Lakerholics.com, plus the great array of shows at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And just to let everybody know, there's a special deal that they worked out for the interim. We're on a test phase right now with Manscaped and Manscaped.com, the leader in men's grooming and lifestyle products. So if you're interested, if you've heard about it, because I know you've been listening to podcasts out there, all right? I know you've been hearing those Manscaped commercials and how well it does and the Lawnmower 4.0 and how well it is because it really does do a great job. We got a little thing for you. If you go ahead and you buy anything from Manscaped and you type in the code one word, fast break, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. That's right. Type in the one word, fast break. All one word at manscaped.com is 20% off plus free shipping. You'll help us out. Plus you'll get some great products right there from manscaped.com. This is going to be a tough one for me to get through. In fact, this is probably in the 298 episodes that we've done of this show. This is probably going to be the toughest one outside of obviously Kobe passing away and some of the other, times that we've had to go ahead and discuss some of the Black Lives Matter and also as well some of the riots and some of the things that went on during the course of the show that we've done. But on the court, this is probably one of the toughest shows that I've had to cover. And it is going to be a big one indeed because, you know what, you're here when you win, highest of heights, when the Lakers win their championship, and we're going to be here at the lowest of lows. And after today's performance, right now we're on a pretty low low, but the Lakers did pull off their worst performance of the year at the worst possible time. And they lose to Phoenix in Phoenix, 115-85. Their backs are up against the wall. They are down in the series, three games at two. There is no more margin for error as the series heads back to L.A. on Thursday. 
So we'll see what happens there. If we can get AD back on the court after that strain groin kept him out of today's game, obviously the Lakers felt it with Cameron Payne and and uh, Booker just going crazy. It just seemed like it was going uh, nowhere near what the Lakers should have done. I mean, they were not going ahead and fighting through screens. The intensity wasn't there. The Lakers were kind of in the game at the end of the first quarter. They were only down by eight at periods of time, but the Lakers in that second quarter got outscored 32 to 10. They lost all composure and it just went in the toilet from there. But I will be talking about it more in tomorrow's episode. I'm going to post with Stone Hansen, a great guy that covers a lot of the NBA and the NBA drafts. So we're going to go ahead into detail about that and what the Lakers need to do in order to come back in the series and we're going to start off with a good man indeed. He's got a little rant for us. So, guys in the in the chat room, we truly appreciate your support. But also as well here, who's on the air, please be patient. We will make sure everybody's voice is heard. But first off, it is the first man up. He's got a rant for us today. So I hope his mic is working well. It is Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man. Good to have you here. Glad to see you alive in Toronto after what happened. You know, if you know hockey, you know what I mean. I told him yesterday, Kevlar is your best friend. Looks like you're live and almost well, even though the Lakers did pull off their worst performance of the season. Absolutely, Gerald. It was, of course, my beloved Lakers to follow that performance up with the worst performance I've seen in the LeBron era and the worst performance I've seen by any Laker wearing that uniform since. Kobe's dreaded last year when a lot of those guys just weren't deserving to be on an NBA roster. But this is pretty bad, Gerald. I have to admit, last podcast we were on, you had said that, and I think quite eloquently and succinctly, that whoever wins game five will likely win this series. And I have to agree with you. It looks Phoenix has tilted the series in their favor. Um, without Anthony Davis on the floor, it's just a mismatch hell. Booker and CP3 basically decide who they want to dissect out there. It's a combination of things, really, what's happened this year. The injuries, the condensed season, um, the COVID calls, all of its combinations led us to this point. It led us to being in the, in the plan, a lack of depth is a problem for this organization moving forward. I mean, look, last year, Rob Polinka basically constructed a, a pretty decent roster. It turned out to be a pretty good defensive squad. We were really shaky with our three-point shooting basically throughout the year. We had spurts where we were good, but for the most part, it was shaky. This year is no better I believe on wide open threes coming into this game, Phoenix was allowing 22%. That's how bad our three-point shooting was in open threes against them. And uh, like Tom had said in the email, KCP turned down an open three. Schroeder turned down an empty uh, open three. To me, that signaled that they were not ready for this moment. And I really thought that if in order for us to win this game five, LeBron would have to have a vintage performance that he's had previously in important game five. 
He had a double-double, I believe. He almost had a triple-double. Uh, that Cleveland team had no business winning that seven-game series. They were almost a minus 40. But for, for some miraculous reason, LeBron James led them to victory in that series. I don't think that's going to happen this time around. I think, look, don't think AD's going to play in game six. He may, he may not. I don't think he's going to play. That that groin injury is really serious. And with the DS we've had to deal with with him and LeBron this year, I don't want to add another, I don't want to see him add another medical procedure to his already busy summer that's going to come up. He's going to need multiple surgical procedures for his ankles, for his knees. So it doesn't look good right now. I'm not confident. I just am not confident right now because I believe LeBron is playing hurt. So if LeBron were 100%, I believe he would have had some kind of vintage performance moment, but it didn't happen. He's not 100%. He's not himself, and neither is our team. Also here today with us, and again, I want to appreciate everybody that is showing up for today's broadcast. We could have all easily just checked out and said, you know what, we're, we're done. We don't want to go be here today and just let Gerald go ahead, be on for 10 minutes, and that's it. But these guys, you know what, you, I, give you, I give all of you guys props. You guys showed up today. You got some guts. You're here when we win, and you're here when we lose. Laker Tom is here, and you know what, we got to go ahead with him right now. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I know you've got to be severely disappointed, especially on the weekend. I heard rumors that you possibly crashed a dinner plate or two when you were probably getting updates on the score, even though you said you weren't going to update yourself on. Just rumors there, perhaps, but trying to cheer you up there. But I want to say this. This has to be the worst performance in the LeBron era for the Lakers, and I hope you do not use the kind of language I saw earlier in today's email. <laughs> it's a trial to get by it, Gerald. No, this was a really disappointing game. You know, it's funny. Usually when the Yankees win, the Lakers do well, and so the Yankees pulled out a, a home run to win an extra innings, and I, I thought there was some hope, and I started the Laker game. Pass to Caldwell Pope. He's wide open. He hesitates, doesn't take the three. Pass to Caruso. He's wide open, hesitates, doesn't take a three. That's the starting backcourt of the Los Angeles Lakers that Rob Palenka put together after he refused to trade THT and include THT in a package for Kyle Lowry. That now looms as the move, one of five moves that just destroyed the Lakers chances for a championship this year. Everybody will use the excuses of the injuries. Everybody will talk about the short season, the short off season that we had. But the simple reality is this team did not come ready to play. Their coach did not do a good job this year. And their front office did a terrible job this year. When I get ready for this game by listening to articles about how the Lakers are counting on re-signing Andre Drummond next year to be the future center for the Los Angeles Lakers, it's almost enough to make me want to be a Clippers fan. And believe me, there's almost nothing I would do in the world. There's almost nothing I would do in the world worse than becoming a Clippers fan. I mean, this was just a terrible embarrassment. I wasn't even angry during the whole game. I just sat there and I watched. 
I watched Caruso again throw a bunch of bad passes. Luck out that he only got two turnovers. But the guy just has no idea of where to throw the ball. I watched our starting backcourt put up a pair of zeros. Zeros. No points in the biggest game of the year. This is your starting backcourt? Rob Palinka, you should be freaking ashamed of yourself. And THT, man, I don't care what he ever turns into. It was a huge mistake by Rob Palinka not to include him in that trade. And the second big huge mistake was signing Andre Drummond to screw up the entire rotation right at the same time you've got three centers that can't, not a single one of them can play defense or block shots. When the going gets tough, you expect your front office to make smart decisions. You expect your coach to make smart decisions. Well, the Lakers better take a second big look at the job that the front office and the coaching staff did this year because they never, ever settled the rotation. They never, ever settled on who was going to play. They never narrowed the rotation even to get ready for the playoffs. And the result is they're going to sit there and use the excuse of LeBron and AD getting hurt to try to cover up their terrible performances. And there's a half a dozen, if not more, players on this team that I hope to hell aren't on the roster next year. And I'll start with Dennis Schroeder, Kenny Caldwell-Pope. Believe me, there is no $10 million offer going to be coming for Alex Caruso. And there's no $20 million offer coming for THT. And by turning down the trade for Kyle Lowry, we put ourselves in a situation where we don't even have any trade assets other than Kyle Kuzma and KCP to try to go out and get anybody next year because everybody else is going to be a free agent. And our only hope is, and this is not a hope, this is probably what the front office is hoping. It's not what I'm hoping. The only hope is that because these guys played so terribly and showed so little heart or pride that nobody else might want them. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Hoopheads Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0, which offers their trademark skin-safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra-close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to Manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra-popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped, Plus, free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right. Just type in FASTBREAK, all one word at checkout, at Manscaped, and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. You can tell right now, Laker Tom is just a tad angry, but I don't disagree with any of what he said. I said at the beginning of this year, I was not as convinced on the Lakers roster as so many others who had already said, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And talking about all the pundits, I'm not talking about Laker Tom or anybody. I know Laker Tom was confident. I know you guys were confident. I just didn't think that there was that chasm. 
as far as the the way that it go. I just I saw things in the Lakers roster that gave me hesitancy in that. Next up on the list, you got to catch his five things on Lakerholics.com. And my goodness, what are those five things? Tomorrow. Yeah, it might be 500 <laughs> things by the time it comes up Wednesday. It is Jamie Sweet. Jamie, good to have you here, my friend. Glad you showed up. And I'm sorry to say that the Lakers, again, didn't show up in their game tonight. No, they sure didn't. Uh, and it was it's disappointing to see this team uh, perform this way in, in some of these high-pressure, high-profile moments where you would hope some of these guys who uh, had been to the NBA Finals last season would have a little more to dig down deep into. Uh, you know, it's, I, I was excited. To, I was excited to see, well, I mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, people have been bagging on the heat for being a bubble, you know, team all year. And looks like the Lakers were a bubble team too. So it's one of those things that doesn't cut one way and not the other. Um, you know, I was a proponent of running it back last year. I didn't like losing Danny Green. I didn't like losing Rondo. Uh, I didn't think, you know, everybody made such a big deal about this being how we traded defense for offense. I, I don't, I, I don't, at the end of the year, I, I don't think that that's true. Uh, I mean, take away, if, if LeBron doesn't get rolled into by Solomon Hill, you could argue that this is a very different season. That was just too much for this team to overcome that many games. This is the most games LeBron James has ever missed on a regular season in his entire career. And this is also likely to be LeBron's first uh, playoff, first round playoff uh, exit in his career, unfortunately. Um, it's not over yet. Uh, I do think that the Lakers have a, a lot more that they can bring to uh, the court than they showed tonight, even without AD. I, I'm mystified by what Frank Vogel's doing with the rotations. I don't understand why my Marquise Morris is starting but only playing 10 minutes. I don't understand why, uh, you know, we're not playing THT more when we obviously need scoring. Um, I don't understand why we are not setting guys up. And I, I still don't see an offense. You know, we're, we're two years into the Frank Vogel era and there's not a, there's not really an offense that this team runs that gets guys shots. Uh, anybody, uh, unless their name is LeBron James or Anthony Davis. And that's because, those are two of the best scorers on planet Earth with with the basketball in their hands. So, um, you know, we're getting out coached, we're getting out played, we're getting out defended, which is you know astonishing for a Frank Vogel team. And tip tip your cap to Phoenix; they want it more. You know, it's really just as simple as that. I I think that you know, I, I I'm not so I'm not one to gloss over or 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 just kind of move past the ridiculous amount of injuries this team has sustained to the two best players that are on the roster. They take up the most salary cap. They're going to be here for many years. Uh, that's not just something I can be like, well, it doesn't really, I, that doesn't factor into why we're playing so poorly. Like it certainly factors into why this team is struggling. So, you know, we don't have our best defender and our best playmaker is playing it. I think, you know, 70, 75% maybe, you know, so I really don't want, AD to come back for one game. I don't want him to blow an Achilles or, you know, compensating for a bad groin and a bad, bad calf. And, a, you know, just, just if we get through it, we get through it. You know what I mean? And maybe you play in the next, maybe you play in the next series, but, you know, shut it down, 
shut it down and get ready. Like get get yourself right for next season. Same kind of same. Frankly, same with LeBron. You know, if that high ankle sprain is at like 70, 80%, don't, don't risk blowing out your knee. Don't risk re-injuring your groin. Don't risk, it's, this isn't worth it, you know. You know, I don't know that we're going to get a player that's going to alter our fortunes for Kuzma and KCP. Uh, you know, KCP play, played 15 minutes, shot the ball once. Um, you know, he hasn't, he, this has been his season all year. Like, shooter. 26 minutes, missed all nine of his shots, 4 0 for, 0 for 4 from three-pointer, from three-point line, had one assist. <laughs> this is your starting point guard uh, who wants to make 20-something million dollars next season. You know, like... 100 million is, for four years. That is beyond absurd to me. Like, this man is going to regret turning down that $22 million extension for the rest of his life. I don't think it's Nerland's Noel regret. Maybe. It's all good. Ramon, Ramon Session. Session. Right. I, I, I think I think it's Nerland's Noel. That's the that's the biggest one though, Sean. I think that's the biggest one. Because that was four years eighty five. Well, I'm just going by Laker history too, Gerald. I mean Ramon yeah. turned down that extension that, that he regrets to this day. Yeah. He just became a man after that. Go ahead, Jamie. So so we can no, yeah, yeah. you know, there's there's not you know, I'm not gonna the Suns beat, beat beat us up and down the court on both ends. There's nothing. There's not a lot to critique, right? Like we got our we got our butts handed to us, uh, and there's really only two options: you you throw in the towel and don't really show up at, for the last you know game at Staples Center, one of a handful of games that fans actually get to attend, uh, or you do show up uh, and you you put a little fear into the Suns, and if it goes to a game seven, you know that's that's a lot of pressure on a team like Phoenix. A lot of pressure on a guy like Book, who's not, you know, I, I, I like Devin Booker, but let's be honest, that is not the most, like, poised, stable team between CP3, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder. They're all a bunch of hotheads, Cameron Payne. It's not going to take much, I think, to rattle that ship a little bit. Now, do I think this Laker team has what it takes uh, to go all the way? Nope. <laughs> no, I don't. Not anymore. Not th- not with the injuries. Not Not with the way LeBron's not able to get to the rim. Uh, not getting fouls, shot, foul shots, uh, you know, another game where LeBron shot zero free throws somehow, which is astounding to me. A lot of odd things to this this game, and that's what's going to happen when, when LeBron shoots 10 three-pointers and only nine paint shots, you know. But I, I find it amazing that he didn't get, you know, at least one and one. or You know, it's one of those things where it's like, this might be the year that the NBA has just decided to showcase the young bloods and say, look, you know, it's, it's not, this is the year that neither Golden State nor Los Angeles nor Boston nor San Antonio nor Miami will win an NBA championship. And, you know, that's, that might just be what it is this season. Also with us here today and a very patient man indeed, you got to go ahead and check out his great comments at LakerHollis.com. It is L. Rob. L. Rob, great to have you here as well. I commend you, sir, on being here today. You are here when the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. So I, I give you a whole bunch of credit. Also want to give credit to Felix out there on our chat board. You're here. Appreciate all the great comments, it keeping us keeping our spirits up. But L. Rob, I want to go ahead and make sure you've got as much time as you need to go ahead and vent away or tell us what we need to see in Game 6 from the Lakers. Thanks, Gerald. I don't think it's enough time to fully be able to vent, but um, well, actually, you yeah. know what? You know, well, Laker Tom 
actually kind of in his email kind of expressed it real well in one paragraph. I saw that. It was very succinct and and colorful. Very colorful. (laughs) But go ahead. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just a very pathetic performance. Um, Just was not ready to play. LeBron did come out with some energy. I'll give him some credit for that. But then, uh, what? Early in the game, Lakers winning eight to three or something. He don't box out. Uh, he doesn't box out his man. He lets him come in and and, and get a tip in and get rolling. It's like this is you know this is basketball one on one. You box out your man. Lakers get that rebound. And they're still you know playing. So it was that was just to me indicative. Dennis comes down. He's running. You 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 are creative. You can get to the basket. Um, but instead, he gives it to Kuzma, like with three seconds, five seconds on the shot clock at the end of the quarter, and he wants it back. For what? You had it. Go to the rack. Make something happen. I mean, he was very, very tentative. That, that was surprising. I mean, you don't mind a guy, you know, not him being off, but not to uh, not to even look at the basket and be as tentative as he was, was, you know, very, very um, surprising. But I give, give Phoenix credit. They had four turnovers for the game. Um, I think I don't know what the NBA record is, maybe three or something like that. But they 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 played exceptionally well. Um, give uh, give Monty credit by putting Bridges on on Dennis. I think that's a very tough cover for him. I mean, very very tough for him to create with that length on him. So the moves they made, you know, have have paid off. Um, you just want the Lakers to compete more, and you know, like Vogel, um, I. You know, I'm not one to criticize the coach much because the players play, but uh, I didn't get this rotations like uh, I think uh, Jamie and Tom, you know, and even Sean mentioned just it was just off and the Lakers needed offense. You got guys like THT and 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 uh, Montrez who can give you scoring. We know they can. That's what they do. And he really didn't go to them till you know, it was like 20 point game or something. It's like. Um, games 10-10, and he subs out. Uh, Andre started off playing decent, and, you know, I, I didn't get those. I mean, five minutes into the game, he makes some, some subs. It's like, what? Next thing you know, Phoenix runs three straight pick and rolls. And, I mean, gets Casal out of position. They got 20. They scored 11 straight points right there. And basically, it's, I mean, it's crazy, but it was almost like ball game right there, right there in the first quarter. Um I don't think anybody, I I guess if there's one positive out of it, it was good to see Kuzma finally get some buckets to go down and play a little aggressive and look for some shots. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, maybe we can check the archive and see if a starting backcourt has ever gone scoreless in the the NBA playoff game. That's that's a tough feat to go scoreless. Now, in, in KCP's defense, I know he's still hurt, and he probably wanted to play, and he probably shouldn't have played. Because you can tell he was hobbled, and he because he gets he gets through screens better than he did today. Um, but he just couldn't fight through those screens like he normally could. He, he's hurt, so um, same with AD last game. You, I mean, you know, we get on him, but he was he was hurt, and um, so those guys have tried um, and they battled, but uh, the effort today overall as a team it was it was it was it was disappointing, and you get down, and then guys pretty much just surrender and let Phoenix do whatever they want to do. I mean, Cameron Payne, I must have missed him in the All-Star game because, man, he sure looks like an all-pro player when he's playing the Lakers. 
He's left-handed, guys. Sit on his left hand. CP3, he's coming back right. I don't care how many times he goes left and crosses you left. He is coming back to his right hand for a shot. Basic things that you would think that your guys need to, to knew, know to do to execute the game plan that you're not seeing the Lakers execute. So, But I'm not one to talk about next season until this season is over with or talk about the moves that should have been made. These are the guys that's playing. They still have a chance. Uh, Phoenix played a very good game. Give them credit. The same way Book came out hot and give him credit. He had some he had some good shots in the first quarter. I think he dropped 15. He came out smoking. That's credit to him. But he can come out and miss those shots. And, you know, Dennis has scored 20-plus point games in a couple games. Maybe he come out and, and ignite something. It'll be tough to win two in a row without AD. Can they win in L.A. and force a game seven and see what's going on back in Phoenix? Yes, I, I still believe they can. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm just a homer. They didn't show anything today to give anybody of, of sane mind any glimmer of hope. But uh, I guess I'm going to hold on to some glimmer of hope that maybe the Lakers come out and they execute and they play a good game. And and uh, Phoenix don't uh, hit some of those tough shots and, and the Lakers can even up the series. So. That's all I got. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Very well said right there for you, L. Rob. Thank you so much as well to Jamie Sweet, Laker Tom, and Magic Van. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break, and the Lakers unfortunately lose 115-85 to to the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns carry a 3-2 series lead as we go back to L.A. for game six in los angeles felix trying to cheer us all up he says dudley will be starting in the next game yes 14th man see that's well that's one of the many things that uh went wrong i think uh, i agree with laker tom on the 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 front office part as far as putting together a roster and that was probably one of the places i'd go but Okay, Sean, uh, some quick thoughts from you, and then we're going to go hit the NBA playoffs as far as a roundup on that, including the great game. Oh, my gosh. This is the game that we should have taken place in Phoenix that took place in Denver. But go ahead, my friend, Sean, uh, before we hit there. Yeah, Gerald, I was just going to go ahead and uh, piggyback up top off what you and Tom are agreeing with the front office this year. I agree 100%. However, uh, I think a lot of teams, if not all NBA teams, along with every other sports franchise around the globe, was very hesitant to make any reticent or 
um, reactionary moves for salary based on the fact that in the in the economy of sports we may be dealing with a flat cap in the NBA coming up pretty soon. So um, with that said, I agree with you guys that the front office made some missteps. There were problems even with a healthy and 100% LeBron and AD. But as you said before, Gerald, once one of them or both of them are injured, the flaws of these role players just become exposed. It's like opening up a, a wound for reinfection. Every every bad bacteria, uh, anything that, that will uh, seed the wound just seeds in. And that's just what happens. Everybody who's on this liquor squad that is a role player has been exposed this year. And uh, we saw Kyle Kuzman news earlier this, this, this day. Teams have been sniffing around him for years. And I don't think he'll be a Laker next year. I don't see it. I think somebody's going to believe that he can be an offensive force. And I think Rob can get a really good play in return for him. So I don't see Kyle Kuzma returning this year. Well, we'll see what happens. There might be some many moves that might be made during the course of the offseason, but it's not the offseason yet. And Lakers fans still have hope that we can come back strong in game six because it's only one game. And yes, I did say the winner of game five would most likely win the series because that's statistically what takes place at 70% of the time. But there's still, when you say 70% of the time, there's still that 30%. And you know, the, the most famous words by Jim Carrey. So you're telling me there's still a chance. There is still a chance indeed for the Los Angeles Lakers to take the series when it goes back to game six and then hopefully game seven in Phoenix. But guys, there's some great action going on in the NBA playoffs. Once again, it is the Lakers heading back to Los Angeles for game six, down three games to two. But Felix, thank you so much for your great comments. Once again, glad you're part of it. But before we head on out, guys, I want to go ahead and cover the NBA playoffs and a tremendous game that should have been the game in Phoenix once again. But it was in Denver with Denver pulling out the victory 147 to 140 in double overtime with Nikola Jokic, 38 points, tremendous performance from him. You also had another 26 points from Michael Porter Jr., MPJ, and Amante Morris with another 28, offsetting the 55 points by Dame. Damian Lillard, Dame time, almost took over and hit some great shots, including a clutch three to get it into overtime in the first place. 12 threes, an NBA playoff record, just sensational. And, L. Rob, I'm going to start with you first, my friend. I mean, I'll tell you what, this is the kind of performance I was hoping from LeBron James today, but they got it in Portland. Or they got it from Portland in Denver today, but unfortunately for them, it was not enough. But they still go back to Portland down three games to two like the Lakers. Yes, uh, that was a great game. Um Dame not only hit the one three to force overtime, but he hit a three again to force right. double overtime. Yeah. So he had two big threes, and both times I'm scratching my head. I'm like, my, Michael, don't call me Mike Malone. Very good coach. But please, for the love of God, 
foul the man. You are up three. Dame Litter has proved time and time and time and time again. You do not want him to get a three-point shot off. I don't get it. I mean, one time he even turned his back. He had his back turned before he turned around and shot a turnaround. It's like foul the dude, man. Ah, oh, man, that was that was just bad coaching, but but great shooting by Dame, man. That was that was an incredible exhibition. Hit 12 threes to go 17 for 24. All tough shots. Um, that is a historic performance, but off and off. You know, Denver um, had enough. Uh, Monty Moore had a good, very good game off the bench. Um, um, yeah, and, and and Jokic was Jokic, and and Porter had a good bounce back game. I think I initially picked Portland in seven in this, so uh, I still think Portland can come back and 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 even win Game Seven in Denver. It'll be tough. Um, I don't trust Aaron Gordon in in a pressure situation. I think uh, Denver just has a few more players that are trustworthy, and uh, so it's a great series, though. This is this is this is one of the few series that's really really entertaining and two really evenly matched teams. So. Um, if you're a basketball fan, you have to enjoy this. And I know game six is going to be fun. It'll probably be an easy victory for Portland, but game seven is probably going to be similar to today. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Laker, Tom, I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. I mean, when you see Damian Lillard light up for 55, the only thing I have to say is, do you think he can gut it out? Do you think he has at least one more performance like this in the bag before this series ends? Bill, he's going to need two, Gerald. That's the problem. Yeah, and that's the problem. He's going to need more than more than uh, one in this case. But I mean, with, if CJ McCollum steps it up, I think then and he might at home he, easier. I mean, these guys will play easier at, at Portland from what I'm seeing, and they probably will be able to be more prolific. Norman Powell didn't show up very well today, even though he's played very well overall in the series. I think they can get a better performance at Portland. The thing is, can they come back to Denver? Because I think it's going to tie up be all tied up. I think they're going to win the game in in Portland. I think it's going to be all tied up going back to Denver. But Laker Tom, do you think this will go seven like Elrod does? I think there's a good chance it'll go seven. But, you know, they're still when you play a game like this, it, it comes down to, you know, making those big plays right at the key moments. And yeah. C.J. McCullough stepping out of bounds, you know, when they had a chance to tie the game. That was a killer. That was the killer, you know, and uh, it's kind of funny because here we have all of these people who should have been watching the Lakers game, the second half of the Lakers game, but somehow it appears that most of them somehow managed to flip over and be watching the uh, the Nuggets and the uh, Blazers game. Tells you a lot about what happened in the second half, you know. Uh, there are a couple of things about the Lakers game I still would like to point out. Go for it. Biggest minus plus. Plus, plus minus in the game, LeBron James, negative 24. Second greatest negative, plus minus, Alex Caruso, minus 20. Frank Vogel, you remember the guy who was, I was promised by everybody on Twitter and everybody on this blog that he'll make the, he'll make the lineup changes when, when it counts. <laughs> well, he made them at the start of the second half. Well, it's just a shame. Too, little, too late, too dumb. It was too late indeed, but again, that second quarter was a killer for the Lakers, and that really sapped all the energy out. I saw LeBron not hustling back just before a timeout and just staying there, just pouting, 
And that's, you know, when he does that in front of the Lakers bench, that was, just, that was the white flag right there for him. That was in the second quarter. So it's just very disappointing to see, but again, the Lakers, you know, do have the chance and opportunity to come back in game six, but also earlier. To, well, actually, you know what? Let's continue on with the Western conference and finish that up. Speaking of comebacks, the Clippers, if you're a Clippers fan, like Laker Tom almost is, but he, he almost is. Jamie, I want you to comment on the Clippers coming back 2 2. Uh, they did win back to back games in Dallas. And, you know, with Luca hobbling with his neck injury and not getting anything from Porzingis, this series has totally done a 180. Yeah, it can happen, right? I mean, it just takes an injury to a key guy. <laughs> like we like we've experienced for much of the season. Uh, or an entire team choking. Except for two key guys. I mean the, yeah. the Mavs are the Mavs are sunk without Luca. Uh you know, that's same as same as us. You know, there's no there's there's no player that's gonna there's no combination of players that Rick Carlisle can trot out there that's gonna overcome the loss of Luka Doncic if that's as good as he's gonna be able to play. And frankly, you know, if that's the if you know, again, like don't kill yourself for a you know an unwinnable series at this point. You know, it's it's funny. Ka- pa- Kawhi Leonard and Paul George picked the right moment to figure out how to play together. Right? Took them a little over a year. I guess they probably finally played enough games together <laughs> after not really playing much together for the last year and change. Um, so that you know, for Clipper fans, that must be nice to see. Uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard's a free agent this uh, this summer, so that'll be exciting. I think that the Clippers, if they're healthy and if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can play defense and shoot like this, uh, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's on an absolutely uh, incredible tear right now, which I don't think is sustainable, but it probably is sustainable against the uh, Maverick defense. And there's just like, you know, like I said, there's that once you lose the engine to your car, it's not going to go very, very far. And that's what they've, that's what's happened to the Mavs with Luca. So and that's for the most part what's happened to us. You know, we've lost our engine and our transmission, so our uh, our car isn't going to go very fast or very far, and it, it ought not to be too surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's some hard times right now if you're a Mavericks fan or a Lakers fan right now because, uh, well, again, it's still tied up for the Clippers in Dallas, but we'll see. The momentum has entirely shifted towards the Clippers. There's another series. I mean, the- one note about the Clippers. I mean, they've rendered – Christos Porzingis, a, a non-factor, or he's rendered himself such. I, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, he's just not really a guy that's built for the for the playoffs. You know, he's frail. He doesn't like to bang in the paint. You got and, Anthony Davis you're talking about? They, they, they're both, right? They're, oh, they're, oh, they're, oh, 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 oh. That's one is And the other is far, 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 far from it. And if you ask me today, I'd take AD over KP every day, every time, sure. all the time. It's not even a question because one plays you know, defense. The description is apt. Well, one plays defense Chris, when it's Chris, healthy and the other just kind of, you know, stands on the perimeter. Mrs. Laker Tom calls him fragile. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Wait, hold, on, hold on. Hold on a second. Chris Stapp's Porzingis is the new Drea Bargnani. Yeah, oh, totally. Both Sorry. are very good offensively. If they're not shooting threes, they're pretty much useless out on the court. They get the chair thrown. They get the chair defensively at least two or three times a game. People just, know how to pull, play them from scouting reports. They're just 
It's like paint by number pretty much going against Chris Stubbs for Zinga defensively. I don't think it's fair to compare him to AD. I mean, AD's a force defensively. Chris Stubbs for Zinga. I was just comparing their walking shots. He's absolute. The, their fragility is their fragility is they're akin for fragile. You know, they're both injured. Sure, sure, I agree with that. Both don't want to play center. Both want to play power forward. Both don't like to bang in the inside. Both get hurt at the key times, usually in the playoffs. Well, that used to be one the knock one championship, and the others won. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm not saying they're the same player. I'm saying that their weaknesses are, and their vulnerabilities okay. are pretty much the same. One, you know. AD, you know, the only hope the Lakers possibly have is that they kept AD out of this game because they felt that he could be back full for the next two games. And LeBron James basically mailed it in in the second half after the first half just by not even attacking the rim, sitting out there and firing away from three. LeBron was trying to get 25 points and and was really pissed at Drummond for fouling on the time when he made his last three right before he left the game. So there's a hope that the Lakers, if if they could get healthy, at least for two games, they might extend themselves. But only a fool would put their money on that, considering what's happened to the team in this game. There's a lot of guys, there are a lot of guys on this team who point blank quit. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's finish out the Western Conference playoffs here because there is more to talk about. L. Rob, I know there's another series in the Western Conference. That is Utah now taking command of the series. Does Memphis, and I want to give Utah credit, they are taking, you know, after what happened with this crowd issue and one of the issues where it happened was in Salt mm-hmm. Lake. And I want to give the Jazz front office some credit for providing front row oh, seats for t- the owner for fr- providing front row seats for John Morant's family tomorrow. That's a classy move. Hopefully we can go ahead and stop having these hateful individuals at these games. I know it's not going to be done anytime soon, but we're going to send them. Hopefully the NBA will continue to send a message that is not warranted or not appreciated at games like such as these. I do appreciate what Utah did, but let me ask you this. Does Memphis have any kind of chance to go ahead and get another game in the series? Chances, what, what's the old saying? He had slim and none, and slim just left the building. So, uh, yeah, no, Utah is a very uh, experienced team. 
as far as playing together. They've been connected together, same guys for three or four years now. I mean, they've added Conley last year, and uh, he's that uh, wildly bet. Uh, yes, the game last night, he hit a couple big threes down the stretch, made the steal. You know, that game kind of reminded me, I remember watching Isaiah Thomas when he was a dynamic up-and-coming player, and he played a game against uh, Gus Williams, the Wizard. And Isaiah just dominated him pretty much the whole game. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, Gus would make those veteran plays that, you know, a vet would make. And and, and he may only score 10 or ten points or so, but he'd make the, you know, plays when they counted. And that kind of was like what Conley did yesterday. So, now I don't think uh, uh, Memphis is a good growing uh, pains for them, good learning experience, but they, they can't win in uh, in Utah to force a – force a game six and um it should be a good series the utah and the clippers that should be a very very interesting series i think clippers might be in for a rude um, awakening once they play a team that actually plays some defense that uh could be a wake-up call because i've watched p um pg just go to the rack at will against uh against dallas it's it's you know it's almost laughable i think the key has played the last couple games I know it's not there yet, but I think the key, if those two match up, is who hits their threes because they're both very good shooting teams from the outside. I think that's the key. Whoever hits their threes the most will take that series. But moving on to the Eastern Conference and one last uh, few series that we're going to go ahead and cover, and that's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers in a little bit of, I wouldn't say trouble for this round, but trouble going forward, Sean because they have a little bit of an injury deal to deal with themselves in Joel Embiid because he's got some knee troubles. I know he had an MRI. He is not going to be in the next game. It's been, I think, confirmed that he's not going to be there for game five. Your thoughts on this series? I still think Philadelphia is going to finish them off, but the series going forward beyond that is going to be a problem without Joel Embiid. Absolutely. And as history has shown us, over the past 20 years, a 3-1 lead in the NBA is not safe. Even with Philly's dominance, if Joel Embiid can't sell in game five, and it looks like he can't, even if Washington wins that game, they still extend the series, and that's another day of travel, and that's another day of worrying about Wizards. And the thing about it, Gerald, is you're right. Philly needs to finish them off in five because if you allow a team to creep through that door and win, they're being down 3-2, especially if they're going home to play a game, oh my goodness, that's good. that could be a problem for the Philadelphia 76ers. Because let's say the improbable happens, the almost impossible, that the Wizards extend it to seven games. That's another week Philly has to deal with the Wizards. And it's another week maybe Trey Young has off and Atlanta studying Philly and getting ready for them. So, as we've seen, if you have 3-1 lead, you have to finish a team off in game five. I'll give everyone a quick example. The Lakers were up three games to one on Phoenix in 2006. We all said it was over. We're all going, we're all celebrating. Well, what happened? Phoenix kicked our ass in game five, and in game six, it went to OT, 
and you could see the urgency in the Lakers. They did not want to go to Phoenix for a game seven. What happened? Phoenix won an OT. It went to seven, and they sunk us. Well, I'll tell you what. There's still more to talk about. There's still more to talk about for today's program, and we're going to finish off the Eastern Conference. Jamie Sweet, I know you're going to be very excited to hear and see what's upcoming for Brooklyn because they did finish off finally the Boston Celtics and their mismanaged team, and they finished them off in four games, and uh, five games, and they finished them off in five games, and it just was not even close. I think the only game that, you know, Tatum had to hit for 50, but really this wasn't a close series at all in my opinion. Your thoughts as Brooklyn finishes off the Boston Celtics. I mean, I this was a bad test for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, it was Jason Tatum and his uh, the Tatumettes, and uh, you know that just was never going to happen. You know, no no offense to Boston or, or you know or the incredible team Danny Age put together. I think that this is going to be the way Sean said that, uh, or I'm sorry, L. Rob said that. Uh, you know, Clippers facing uh, Utah is going to be a wake up call because they're going to face a team that plays defense. This is going to be the same thing for the Nets. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be three guys getting thirty, running around, cannon trays, nobody guarding the paint because nobody can on Boston. Uh, you know, Boston has a lot of offensive firepower. They don't have anybody that's going to stop Giannis. Uh, only Giannis can stop Giannis in this series. Uh, and if he is feeling good and health, healthy, which it looks like he is, um, I, I, I have the Bucks in seven, actually, for that series. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all turns out. Yeah, it is. It is going to be very interesting uh, with Milwaukee dusting off Miami in four games over the weekend. L. Rob, there's one last series I was hoping you and Mike would cover, and that is New York and Atlanta. With Atlanta having a, uh, I don't say it's surprising, but a three to one game lead heading back to MSG uh, tomorrow. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Trey Young has been a player that really has grown up in these in this year's playoffs. I think a lot more than what people had expected offensively it's not been the issue because he's always been a great player offensively it's just how much can you expose him defensively and i think that's one of new york's major weaknesses they don't have a player that has been able to expose trey young on defense enough to the point where it has really mattered or am i just seeing it the wrong way uh no i agree 100 percent. i think trey young have, uh he must have been studying the. uh um, the the Curry playbook on how to scramble back to your man when they try to isolate you on the switch. He's done a very good job of hustling and getting back to his man and not sticking on that switch when when uh, the Knicks have uh, forced the uh, the switch. So uh, give credit to him. Um, the Knicks tried to hunt him out a few times and they have not been successful in isolating on him because uh, Atlanta switches back um very well so good uh, he's been a very he's been a great player he's been one of the best in the playoffs so far so you can only tip your hat to him um you know when you think of that class with uh luca and and aiden and and him um all those guys are coming up big so it bodes well for the future of nba which you see all the young guys from that draft are, are playing very good in the playoff julius i'm i'm i I just can't believe he's going to go out without having at least one dynamic game. So give us something. 
Give us something, Julius. One one big one, just for old time Lakers fans. Show us show us one more time what we missing out on. Um, so I expect him to have a big game. You know it's hard times when Clint Capella is whooping. I mean, he's saying they're going back into New York and they're gonna, you know, wrap up the series. And Julius is a fake tough guy. I mean, yeah, those you know, if that doesn't get you know Rando pumped up, then uh, nothing will. Hopefully, the Knicks will extend it. Um, you know, they've had such a good season. I hate to see them go out with such a whimper. So hopefully they will extend it. But Atlanta, ultimately, they'll be moving on and they'll be taking on the Sixers. I mean, I don't share Sean's uh, excitement about the possibility of the Wizards extending Philadelphia. I think even without MB, they'll take care of uh, the Wizards. Just, you know, I can't see the Wizards winning another game. They may, they may, but they're definitely not taking this to seven. Philly's just got a better team and they'll handle their business, hopefully. I don't want to see them get extended too much. Let's let's wipe out all these weak teams and let's move on to the real playoffs. And and if the Lakers can't handle that business, that that includes us. Let's uh, Phoenix handle your business if you're that much better than us, and let's move on. And, and so we can have some real competitive series because watching those games in the East, you know, um, they're just not not that competitive. And um, I'm looking forward to you know the Nets and and the Bucks could be the de facto championship series. That's going to be a very exciting series, hopefully. One last thing I want to go ahead and mention on this series, and I'll ask you, Laker Tom, is Julius Randle. And, and L. Rob, I think, hit it on the head about, you know, Julius Randle not showing up for yet, really, to the extent that he needs to for the New York Knicks. But is it a question of Julius Randle, the player himself, where he played at such a career-high level that he is a good player who really hit it right for one season to, a, let's say, an all-star level? to actually a third-team all-NBA player-like level. But really, when it comes down to it, he was playing so well above his head that he's actually a, a good player, a very good player, and that's what he'll be. And that's the way he, you know, it's, it's coming down to the norm because I see the New York Knicks relying so much on him, and I see him as a type of player that he really cannot, talent-wise, handle all that that capacity it just it, he's just not the player that i think everybody has made him out to be in the season i think the big difference is that and i watched julius probably i've probably watched like six or seven games of the knicks this year and and primarily just because i like julius he's always been one of the guys that i was sorry the lakers let go but the thing that stuck out with me in, in watching him play during the season was how much a better shooter he'd become his shooting really took his shooting to another level this year. Not only his three-point shooting, where he shot over 40%. And this is for a guy who, at least when he was at the Lakers, I think averaged less than one three a game. But really, he was hitting the long twos, the mid-range twos, uh, and, and, and getting to the basket at will. And so I was kind of surprised that the problem has been really that he has not been able to hit those outside shots. He hasn't been able to hit his threes, and he hasn't been able to hit his mid-range jumpers. And when you become an elite scorer, you know, you look at a guy like like Booker tonight. Booker hit everything, you know. He got to the rim. He hit his mid-range. He hit his threes. He was almost unstoppable. And you start to play at that level, and and some players maybe can pull off a season of doing that. Maybe that's Julius. I don't know, you know. Um, I always thought he had the potential to be an outstanding shooter, but 
I was even over, you know, I was even amazed at how well he shot the ball in the games that I saw him play during a year and how consistently he hit his threes. So it may be a case of coming down to earth or it could just be a bad series. You know, you go through the whole year and everybody has a slump and hopefully the slump doesn't happen, you know, at the biggest moment, but sometimes that's, that's what happens. So we'll see, we'll have to wait and see what happens in the rest of this series. Can he come back and pull off and have a good game? I kind of am in the same boat as Lee that I'd love to see him come out and really have a great game and the Knicks pull off another win in Madison Square Garden. Um, and then, you know, then you just keep it alive and you take it one game at a time, which is what the Lakers have to do at this point in time. I was actually surprised that they left LeBron in the game at, after that 30-point thing at halftime. I kind of felt like, the smart move would have been just to throw the towel in and rest LeBron and put your hopes on LeBron and AD being healthy and hungry and, and, and able to come out and win that game at Staples, send it back to a seventh game in Phoenix and, and then pull it off. It's all going to come down to health, whether they can do that. And, uh, and the, the sort of thing that doesn't give you the confidence that they can do it is that it's a five man game still. And they need somebody else to come in and contribute. And uh, we haven't seen anybody else on this team who you would count on to be that third player. It's one of the things that I think the Lakers over-evaluated when they took a look at this roster this year. I've always felt that they should have gone after a third superstar. And if you want to understand why a third superstar is so important, especially in a season like this season where there were a lot of injuries. If you lose a superstar, you still have two left. That's how the Nets got through the whole year with only playing nine games with all three of their superstars because they always had two superstars on the court most of the time. So, you know, same thing was true with the Lakers. Had we had a third superstar, had we traded for Kyle Lowry, for example, we might have been able to weather through a lot of these situations. And those are some of the questions that hopefully will haunt Rob Palenka in the offseason. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, I, I'm hoping that Julius can uh, continue to elevate his career. I think it's probably a remote hope, uh, sort of a hometown fan hope that sometime Julius might return to the Lakers. Um, I always loved him as a potential small ball center. So I'm hoping I'll be rooting for the Knicks. I had the Knicks in seven. I think Atlanta has really shown a lot of moxie for a team with guys who haven't been there before, uh, coming out and, and playing extremely well, and have basically given the East four good teams that hopefully will, you know, when we get to the semifinals, the conference semifinals, we're going to have, have uh, some really good matchups with the four best teams in the East. In the West, We'll probably have the four best teams in the West, too. Unfortunately, it's a long shot for the Lakers to be one of those teams. We will be back on Thursday. In fact, I'm actually going to have a special podcast tomorrow with Stone Hansen. We're going to go ahead and talk about the Lakers, plus also as well the NBA draft, because he is an expert on the NBA draft, so look forward to that. But as far as our game coverage, you can expect us to be here, win or lose, hopefully win in game six. We're keeping our fingers crossed that I am wrong, what I said about the other day. I don't mind being wrong, especially if it's like that. So let's hope that that's the case. Just going by statistics. Hopefully the Lakers will still be the 30 
in this case, percentile that would go ahead and actually take the series. But Felix, been great having you here on the chat board. You've been make sure that you've been taking the place of all the people who couldn't make it today, but we truly appreciate it. Once again, it's the Lakers unfortunately losing 115 to 85. Phoenix taking a three to two game lead back to LA. But we will be back for game six. But before we head on out, I want to make sure everyone out there, please go ahead, support us at Lakerholics.com. These guys do an awesome job at not only articles, comments, they take the time to make sure they respond to you, the Lakers fans out there at Lakerholics.com. So please go ahead and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Make sure you check out all the awesome shows at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And please support one of their brand new, I don't want to say sponsors. It's kind of a test market thing for them. They're working in conjunction with Manscaped.com. That's right, Manscaped.com, that well-known, world-famous men's grooming and lifestyle product maker. Just go ahead to Manscaped.com, get the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 or whatever it is they've got there. They've got a ton of stuff. Just check it out. And when you do, if you go ahead and buy anything on checkout, just type in this word, fast break, the two words together into one, fast break as one word, and you get 20% off plus free shipping. Father's Day is coming up, and there's no better gift to give than manscaped.com. Well, guys, we're going to keep our heads up. The chin is up. The chin's up because we're going to go ahead and get game six, and we're going to be happy once again. We're going to be getting back right back into it as Lakers fans because game six, I'm feeling good about that. LeBron's going to come back. AD, I think he'll be gutting it out. He's going to do his Willis Reed coming out of locker room when we need it. Maybe like Paul Pierce and you're just going to put him, you know, get him in a wheelchair and wheel him in. You know, he's going to be wheeled right onto the court. But we'll see what happens. Game six, like you said, Felix, we believe. We believe in the Lakers. They are the reigning world champions, and they're going to play like it in Game 6. And we'll be back to go ahead and give you a recap on that for Game 6. So check out that and all of our other shows, including our special 300th episode coming up this week right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.